The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Good evening and welcome to New York Talk. This is the Rotherham United podcast and we have another victory to talk about. Uh, this fantastic run continues. Six wins out of the last nine games, nine games unbeaten. Um, and MK Dons are our latest victims. And we will go into a bit of detail about the game, why we won, how we won, why it was so good. And we will have literally a 30-second preview of Tuesday night's game. In the Papa John's Trophy, um, we have the same lineup as Tuesday. We've got myself, Matt. We've got Mick and Danny with us as well. Thank you for joining us. Hello, hello. How are you doing? Oh, I'm all good, mate. How did we enjoy yesterday, Danny? It was a good day, wasn't it? Well, I've got a bit of a sore head today, um, <clears throat> but yeah, great, brilliant. Any word in the dictionary that describes happiness, really? <laughs> yeah, Mick. Just to. Oh, we should go to MK Dons more often. We seem to do quite well there recently, don't we? Yeah, we do. It's a lovely stadium. It's it's reasonably straightforward to get to. Yeah, it's too big. Yeah, of course it's too big. But, you know, um, we we should. If we could play them every week, it'd be great. Um, I'm sure their manager would appreciate that as well. (laughs) Oh, we'll come on to their manager. He's not the happy bunny, is he? Um, Very good stuff. Um, So, a couple of changes. Well, there was what I think was actually only one change. Icky came in uh, for Wood was basically the only change. Um, well, and Hard and Chio started as well yeah. because of the uh, injury to Woody and Matic. Harding came to the left side. Chio started on the right side. We're on. We're only started on the bench uh, for Wickham game. Uh, and the big talk about really, mate. Let's talk about the the starting lineup to start with. Vickers started again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, did anything right? But I feel sorry for Victor because he's a good keeper. But you've yeah. got to give all audits and the congratulations to Vickers and say, "Well done, you've earned your place." Well, you called it. You called it on the last podcast, didn't you? Uh, in that, you said that Paul Warren's habit is to the, the man who's got the shirt is it's his to lose, uh, and Vickers has got the shirt and he's not lost it. 
and he's not done anything even approaching looking like losing it either. So I suspect there might be a spell on the uh, on the bench for, for Victor coming up. Um, I'm sure he might start against City's kids on uh, on Tuesday, but league time until uh, till Vickers gives does something to give it up or gets injured or whatever, it would appear that he might be uh, number one choice for the moment. Mm. Yeah, I reckon so. Um, let's talk more into the game. Um, it was a really... I, th- I thought the first half, Danny, taking away the goal, I thought it was a pretty good contest. I thought it was a pretty level game, but we stopped them completely from a defensive point of view. They had one opportunity, maybe. We really did stop them in their tracks, really. I thought we were fantastic all game defensively. Yeah, I think so. I think um, the first half was a little bit more even than the second one. Mm. Um, but with MK, they had a couple of chances at goal. I think they had the shot that they spayed wide of the far post, which was, I think, their most dangerous attack of the whole game. And then mm. um, they had the fella head over as well, but we really limited their chances, which I think um, is something we've carried over from the Wickham game. Because, I mean, I know it was an atrocious game to watch, but we really limited chances. Um, and then going forwards, it was a complete contrast to the Wickham game where we were on the front foot, we were pressing. Um, and I don't think MK knew how to handle it. I think in the first half, because we hadn't completely moulded our our um, playing style completely into the game, um, that's why we were a bit more even. But as soon as we found that we could press them and they didn't know how to hack it and get them on the counter-attack that's when we really took control of the game and all three goals have come from a tech counter-attack situation, which you know, I don't think I've seen before. <laughs> no, no, that's fair. Mick, there was, uh, not only were those chances, Michael Smith at the bar and watching yeah. it back, it was difficult to see from where, obviously we're at the other end of the pitch, it was difficult to sort of see, but it was a really, really good effort and was only an inch or two away from being a beautiful goal. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Got himself in a good position. He, he, he sort of looped the header backwards, back up, back across the, uh, back across the face of goal, and a goalkeeper were beaten, weren't he? Completely beaten all ends up, uh, and they got away with that one. So, uh, so yeah. I, I, to be fair, I thought we were a better team for the whole ninety minutes. They had a few spells where they looked a little bit dangerous, like Danny mentioned there, that one that they shot across the face of goal. But other than that, I don't think they offered a great deal, to be honest. No, I think we shut them down. They're clearly a very good team, MK Dons. They can, they, they were the odd moment. I think the the only well, their only chance on the highlights is that run down the right hand side. Can't remember his name now, but that was a really good bit of play. The colour individual players were very very good, but we were a better team than them. Um, let's talk about the first goal. Um, it was from a set piece eventually, Danny, but it, we didn't just lump it in. There was try they tried to do tried to do something different. I suppose they were trying to disrupt their back line a little bit. You put ball straight in; it's it's a straight line. If you move it about a bit, um, then it's going to disrupt their line, and that seems to be what happened. I mean, their manager thinks it were miles offside. Not convinced. Um, but Icky first goal of the season, it, it was brilliant. Yeah, it was, and I mean, I don't know what their manager's seen to be honest, because even Paul Davis mentions in his written article, if you watch the replay back, every single player's onside. Um, anyway, um, <laughs> I suppose he's dug out closer, but and it could be. Um, his field of vision or whatever, but it was an interesting routine from Barlaze because normally he does just whip the ball straight into the box, uh, which is effectively like the stereotype you do from a free kick. You know, you've you've got it in that position where you can get curl on it, get it into the box, and someone lumps an edge on it and it goes in. Um, but the interesting routine of playing it short to Wales and then 
playing it back and then effectively doing the same thing. Like you said, it moved their back line about um, and it created enough space between the lines and you know what Barley's is like, hitting it on a 10p from 40 yards away. Um, just lumps it in. Uh, in Equa's head uh, is beautiful, if I have mm. to if I have to say. Because where we were sat, it sort of hung in the air for ages. Mm. And it, yeah. it, 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 it were a weird perspective. It's like he's like he's edited it and it's just stopped and then, oh, it's dipped in. Yeah. Um, but it was just from, because his head was so far away. His head was about 15 yards away, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah. it's effectively done the exact same thing that Michael Smith's shot's done, but off his head instead of his right boot. And <laughs> yeah. it, because it sort of loops over the keeper into the far corner. Yeah. And obviously, it's, uh, he scored a goal, but fair play to Inekwe getting his first goal. First goal since... Grimsby in pre-season, I think. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't score, doesn't score many, to be fair. Um, yeah. But first goal of the season, what's what we need? Um, I, I mean, in the preview show, when we, were, when we were speaking to Liam from the MK Don's, MK1 podcast, I sort of said that we're not a set-piece team. And that's... <laughs> I, I, I always... Whenever somebody asks me about that, I always say it's a, it's a bit of a myth that we're amazing at set-pieces. But MK Don's really allowed us to be good at set-pieces. That... that it wasn't good defending. They're managing clearance it's offside all they want. It wasn't. It was just bad defending. And I said, and the movement, it wasn't the ball in that was the problem that caused the issue. It was the movement when I mentioned we down, they moved forward, backwards and forwards. Their defence didn't know what to do with it. Yeah. I mean, what he was, what he was moaning about was that the free kick shouldn't have been a free kick because they were offside at the time. Oh. That's what he's moaning about. Um, really? But yeah, but I, I, I don't, you know, I clearly don't understand the offside rule, does he? You know, because mm-hmm. unless the player that was actually fouled were offside, can't have been an offside. So anyway, whatever, whatever. Um, no, they, they look. <laughs> we we are a big, strong, physical bully inside. It's 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 official. It's all over papers. It's all over everywhere. It's all <laughs> over telly. So you know, it's all over MK Don's manager's pre-match, uh, post-match interview. So it it must be true. It's got to be true because everybody keeps telling us. So if you know that that's the case, maybe you should practice defending set pieces. Just a, just a thought, mate. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm not a football manager, so I don't know. Maybe that's not the way they go. But if you're playing a team that you think are going to be putting dangerous set pieces into the box, maybe you should have a look at it and think think about how you're going to defend against it. Mm. There's a certain team in blue that needs to do that as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, the second goal again comes from a set piece. Um, Dan Barley is a, now there's contentious issues on this one. That Smith and what and looking it back, Smithy does claim it straight away. Well, if you watch yeah, the highlights, Smithy runs off. Um, everybody else runs to Barley's because everybody else thinks it went straight in. So Barley's is saying it's Smith's goal. Um, is it or isn't it? I mean, I'll give you this if it, if it is Smith's goal, it moves him on to 47 for the club. Which moves him level with Sean Goodwin, uh, only two goals behind Mark Robbins, who was uh, 49 angles. Uh, is, is, is the most recent next target we're looking at. Uh, Danny, who are you giving it? <laughs> I mean, it, it's one of them things where because Barlazer is a very generous player and he's trying to help out his fellow Geordie, you can see why he said, Oh, it's Smith's goal. But it, it, in the, I mean, I didn't really see it in the initial chaos because. You wouldn't know. Um, but looking at the highlights, you see Smith's hand, Freddie's hand and Wiles's hand all go up at the same mm. time because they're all studs, um, more or less, where the ball's dropping in. Um, but we can only really go with what the official people say. and They say it's Barlazer's goal. 
And if he has scored direct from a corner, when's the last time that happened at Rotherham United? If anyone knows, please comment on the video and tell us. Do you know, Mick? Well, I thought I did, uh, but Matt's making me come second guess myself now. <laughs> um, so I thought Kevin Allison scored direct from a corner at um, Don Valley. Um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm almost positive he did. In fact, in my head, but I might have dreamt it, he scored twice. From a corner, direct from a corner, <laughs> Don Valley. Um, but I don't know. Somebody, somebody who's listening, maybe might correct me. Um, I don't know. Uh, if, if if you do know, comment and let us know because uh, I'm I'm not entirely sure. But there's no way Smithy touched that. That went straight in. That's yeah, my view. Yeah, I think, so. a, I think Barley's just trying to help him out get the shearer shirt into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think I, so. I yeah. Said in his interview, he said, "Well, if it helped him towards the shearer shirt, I will give it to him." <laughs> yeah, um, it's one of those goals where you can't really say anything about it. It's gone straight in. Uh, it's yeah. it's a mistake from then that that should never be allowed to happen as a goalkeeper. You've got to have a serious look at yourself in the mirror. No well, you said that. Is. You said that. But how many times has he almost done that already this season? He nearly, nearly did it twice against Doncaster um, yeah. in, in whatever it's called this season trophy. So you know, it, it, it keeps doing it. It keeps getting them in there and. It was always going to happen sooner or later. Uh, but yeah, you're right. It's poor defending. Um, but then maybe goalkeeper were fouled. I don't know. Probably uh, probably been fouled, won't it, or something. I'm sure. They, I'm, I'm yeah. amazed their manager didn't mention anything about that. He's his oh, yeah. talent keeper. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. Um, we'll come on now. Uh, Ryan Swales back you up, mate. Kevin Hill did score from a corner at Crew. So well, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't have been at Dunbar. That was at Crew. So he may have scored two. Yeah. Then, right, right. Um, Third goal. It was the game that sealed. The, it was the goal that sealed the game. Uh, you know, we're good to go to three 0 But for me, Danny, it's bigger than that. Freddie getting a goal, and bearing in mind, Greg can't play next week against Sunderland. It's a huge goal for Freddie. And to be fair, I thought he did really well when he came on. Yeah, I do. I think um, he's got that bit about him now where I don't, I don't know if it's something Warren said or he's realised that he's not getting on the pitch and he needs to put a shift in. But I've noticed he's doing a lot more running and pressing mm. and I reckon it's just Warren's game plan because I've noticed we have started pressing a, a lot higher up mm. almost the same level of pla- of pressing that Sheffield United did a couple of seasons ago when they blitzed League One um, and, and, it, and it's good to see because it just goes to, goes to show we've got the desire to get the ball and get playing and and then like what happened with the third goal eventually go on and score um, but you could see how much the goal meant not only to the fans by the primal screech that occurred when we scored, <laughs> um, but also how it how much it meant to the squad and Freddie because everyone went to Freddie and embraced him, which it just goes to show there's no egotistical thinking of you know I'm starting striker that means I'm better than you sort of thing. It's just a thing of they want everyone to chip in and everyone to mm. do well. And the first one up to him was with Smithy going you know well done. But like you say, Greg can't play against Sunderland because it's his parent club. And now Freddie's um, broken the duck from opening day. So, and we know what Freddie's like. Once he gets one, they start rolling off a little bit, don't they? When he gets a run in the team, mm. which is what happened last time in League One. Um, so, yeah, it's brilliant timing for him. And I think everyone who was sucking the, the ball towards <laughs> the goal for Freddie has finally had that relief of, yes, he's got one finally. So, yeah, mm. brilliant stuff from Freddie and did really well. Yeah, looking at last time in League One, he struggled and then he got two against MK Dons and went in to get five goals in the next five games. He then had another little bit of a drought and then scored in February to get five in the next six games. 
So he is a sort of typical striker, mate. He needs a goal and he needs yeah. a confidence boost. And that's the that's the breed of a striker, isn't it? Really, I suppose it is. It is, and 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 that's the goal on Saturday came from, from his part point of view from from hard work. You know, he got himself in that position by working hard. Um, and and I'm I'm absolutely hundred percent behind what Danny said. You know, he's a different player since he's come in these last couple of games. His work rate has been right up there with everybody else's, and that is fantastic. Because if he does that, if he continues to do that, he will cement himself a place in the team. Um, he's going to give he's going to give Griggy a run for his money, uh, and he's going to score goals. Um, what what else could what else do you want? So yeah, it's great to see him putting a shift in. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, hats off to the substitutions. Let's talk about the third goal specifically, Danny. That run by Mikhail Miller was just absolutely fantastic. Freddie Freddie deserves to give part of his match bo- his goal bonus to Mikhail Miller <laughs> for that because it was just brilliant. And that's what he can do. Yeah, and I think now he's really showing why we've signed him because he is effectively mm. Chio but left footed. And I said this, yeah. I think, in the last podcast, he is um, showing what Chio showed when we first signed him as well. In League One, very raw, Gio, isn't he? Still. Yeah, he's still very raw, and and his his crossing ability needs a bit of work, but he's still got that pace and that skill on the ball, which what which is what we saw from Chio, and now where Chio is now. Um, but he he started the assist run, if you like, with his first touch of the ball after coming on. <laughs> like talk about impact substitution. He's just come on and gone right, balls, man. Did, did, did assist done. There you go. Hmm. Easy as that. So. <laughs> What can, I, what can I say? I mean, we see the memes from the IOFC on Twitter about Rotherham win, good substitutions, Rotherham win with bad substitutions. Well, one must be making fantastic substitutions because we've not lost in how many games is it now? Nine, ten? Nine your competitions? Nine, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, good substitutions, Rotherham win. I think we need to flip it around now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the other substitution which we'll talk about before we move on to other business, Mick, is a Dolphin came on for Barlazer. With less than ten minutes left, it's. It, I imagine it's a little bit frustrating substitution because he can't. He may feel like he can't impact the game, but he did impact the game. He, he's moved, yeah. he moved around the pitch very well. He cleaned up very well. I imagine he's, he's really frustrated with his, his non-playing time, but he can't complain. But he's doing when he comes on, he's doing what he needs to do. Forget you know, forget about the foul he gave away at Wigan that cost us the game. Yeah. Um, everything else has gone really, really well for him. He's a quality player, isn't he? He's clearly a quality footballer. There's no doubt about that. Um, and, and he's just unlucky at the moment that the midfield in front of him, the midfield players in front of him are undroppable. Um, you know, so, yeah, he it, it will get his chance. His chance will come because there will be injuries, won't there? You know, it's it's, it's absolutely inevitable. Uh, and his chance will come and then the shirt will be his, won't it? And it's up to somebody else to win that back. Um, so... Yeah, hopefully he's a patient lad, uh, and if he is, then he will get his chance because he is a good player. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, let's talk about the referee. Let's have five minutes on the referee before we move on to any. Let's get the bad bit out of the way. Um, we thought we had it bad on Tuesday night. I thought the first forty-five minutes of that referee performance, Danny, was one of the worst I've seen in a long time. That first half, in particular, was absolutely dreadful, and I can't believe their manager got cheek to complain about him. Yeah, I mean, you can't get much worse than what's his face against Wicker. I think it's best to forget yeah. him. Yeah, but <laughs> um, like I said, the opening forty-five minutes, you were a bit like a lost child in the middle of the pitch mm. somewhere. Like someone let let the dad walk on in a refereeing kit, and he's just <laughs> decided to do it. 
Um, and I mean, he's booked one for throwing a bottle. Now, like I might be imagining this, but a lot of Premier League managers, when they get rather upset, they throw bottles onto the floor and nothing happens. I think this happened with Mourinho. Uh, Ferguson used to do it quite a bit. So how come he's booked one for throwing a bottle? I mean, if he'd turned around and thrown it into the crowd, then that's yeah. a different matter. But it's the fact he's thrown it and nearly broken his own toe whilst doing it. It's not really bookable. Um, and then you've got the whole incident with the back pass, which I watched the replay back, and it's like, how how have you not seen that? It one of them where, when the vlog eventually goes up, I do <laughs> get rather upset with him, but it's not quite Bobby Madley on Tuesday. But um, I remember playing 45 minutes. I think he needs to um, ask Betsavers for a sponsorship. <laughs> yeah, that back pass, Mick. If anybody's not seen it, if you go follow that, go on the RSC on Twitter. He's he's put the video out, and it was one of those where I was I was so sort of not annoyed but frustrated that Wiles didn't get there. It didn't click in my head it were a back pass until about 30, about ten seconds later, where I'm thinking in my head, you know what? It's past that back, hasn't it? Mm. And that's that's possibly what's happened to the referee. He's so focused on Wiles nearly getting there that he's completely forgot to apply the law to the game. That, that, that's the only reason he's not given it. He obviously felt that there were nobody in close proximity to anybody else to give a free kick for, did he? So, you know, he just thought, well, that's it. You know, nobody's going to fall over here, so we'll just get on with the game. Um, yeah, I mean, it's incompetent, that, isn't it? It's just incompetence. Uh, it's, it was such an obvious back pass. That, that there's just, there is no excuse for it. And, and when he's told about it, you know, mm. it, it, the ball's not back in play and he's been told about it by the players. There's two assistants, in inverted <laughs> commas, um, who obviously also can't have seen it. Um, no. It was useless. Absolutely useless, that ref yesterday. Absolute garbage. It was, wasn't it? You know, and, and it, it's this the issue I have with it, and I've, I keep going on about it and I talk about it all the time, don't I? And I'm sorry, I... It's a difficult job, it's an hard job, and you're going to make mistakes. I fully accept that. And I don't personally, I don't want to criticise people for making mistakes. But on the flip side of that, you've also got to be consistent. Mm. And, and and that's the issue with these people. You know, every single time one of their players had any contact, they went down. And every single time he bought it, Particularly this, where they, you know somebody comes up to to the back of a player while they're shielding ball, they go down. It gives it, it buys it every time. When the same thing, the self same thing is done by Smithy, nothing given. Every time, if you're going to give it once, you've got to give it every time. You shouldn't be giving it any time because it's not a foul, but they give it. You know, we had, we had, we had, a, we had a, a situation at the start of the season where referees were waving challenges like that away. You know, there'd obviously been some sort of memo from, from the Euros and everything else. Let the game flow. Let's not start giving free kicks for this stupid throwing yourself on floor when somebody comes up behind you. And it were great. It just wasn't happening. They weren't being given. And, and all of a sudden, we've got to October and obviously, obviously that rule's now run out. You know, it's obviously not been voted back in or whatever for November. I don't know what it is, but we just started, madly started doing it the other night, and and, he, and and that clown yesterday carried it on. It was just dire. It was dire. But you know, can you do? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's probably maybe the last time I mentioned Liam Manning, Danny. But Liam Manning' final gripe was <laughs> Ollie Rathbone. 
um, suggesting that he should have been booked earlier on uh, for numerous fouls. I don't remember any specific... I, I assume he did because he's, he's Ollie Rathbone. That's that's the game he played. But it wasn't like he was consistently breaking the game up or just giving cynical fouls away. He was trying to win the ball every single time. He just might well set the mark. So it's a foul, not a booking. That's one of the things I thought the ref got, got right. Yeah, I think that is my one of very few criticisms for Ollie Rathbone. I think because he's got... I mean, it's a criticism that comes from a positive, really. Mm. Uh, because he has that desire to win the ball back and it's such a burning passion inside him, which is brilliant in a footballer when you lose the ball and you work your hard to try and win it back. But he just he just sort of gets caught out and a little bit too passionate and then gives a, a silly foul away. Like It's not a big criticism, but... Um, but Liam Manning, he says about Rathbun being booked. I mean, there was the, the one challenge that he made towards the end of the game, I agree he should have been booked for because it was a very harsh challenge. But ref's gone and booked Chio. Yes, he did, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It, it, like we were talking about it on the coach coming home. I mean, I mean, I mean, we were saying maybe he's booked Chio for kicking the ball away, but then we then... Yeah, he did, did so, yeah. Yeah, but then it's like, if he's booked, if it's Rathbun's, then he should have really booked him both because it was a yellow card sort of challenge. So it's, but but no, I can see when where Manning's coming from because some of his challenges were very hard challenges, but at the same time there was only really one that was a bookable challenge and he didn't get booked for that because <laughs> ref booked Gio for someone else. Um, it does sound a little bit like sour grapes coming from Liam Manning, um, which is which is if you want to go and have a look at my expert tweets on Paul Davis's article, I've summed it up perfectly. Um. But yeah, but I think we might see a lot of that this season. I think we'll, we'll see managers complaining that the referee didn't do such and such because of our players. But on the reverse side, it's actually our players who've got the quality to understand and the quality to make very good challenges without giving the foul away, like the one Chio made when one of their players was on the break. Is just gone in behind him, Nick Ball, and all their fans have erupted saying he's pushed him back. But if you watch the replay, he doesn't. He just he just sort of gets behind him, scoop like sort of soups the ball out from round him, and then carries on but because their players have gone down really softly and got free kicks he's done the same but not gotten it this time so there might be one positive that's come from the ref um but yeah to me it just sounds like sour grapes from manning i think we had one earlier in the season where they were a bit, a bit upset with how we've played can't quite remember who it was um might have been cheltenham's manager or something like that can't remember yeah but sure, yeah. I think I think we'll see it a little bit more this season. Managers being a bit upset about how good we actually are. I think he knows what he's talking about, does he, Manning? Yeah, I, when you listen to his interview, you look at his interview, and I don't think he really understands. I don't think he I, has he had, has he been in football before? Is it, is it his first job in football? It's one of his first. Uh, it's one of his first senior jobs. Where were he before Asda? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I thought for large, but well, part this is what he's saying. Six, it's part of the city group, isn't it? Oh, right, city. the bank. The bank. Uh, what? Man City Group. All right. Jeez. Uh, he was at New York something or other. New York City as, as an academy director. Right. Uh, and then he was somewhere in Belgium. And oh. then he's come to him. It is his first English professional job. Uh, I'm just quoting from his interview. I thought for I thought for large elements when we were in it, we gave them a good level of competition. But we weren't good enough in our attacking or defending. <laughs> yeah. So you weren't in it then. <laughs> I mean, it's like I mean, so 
Right. I mean, yeah, there's not else to add to that, really, is there? You can't really add out else to that. No. <laughs> I took it I think it's the wrong time when Mick said that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. When he made I, I think it's trying to deflect. They, they, it, they were so, so far behind us. He's got to yeah, deflect. Absolutely. He can't just come out and... All he did, he gave us a little bit of credit by saying we were physical. He's got to take. He's got to deflect away from his team a little bit. Hasn't he? Yeah. <laughs> is, that, is that credit then? Is it, well, big physical side. Think, physical every, everyone says that, don't they? Just lazy. Oh, so yeah. who do we play with? Probably the Cowboys with only managers where we've beaten that didn't come out and say something about our physicality. They were, yeah. they were openly positive about us. Everybody else, oh, it's physicality and aggression. All right, whatever. I think that's why they always have a high level of respect, though, because they are like Warney. They're very upfront and honest about performances. Mm. If they've been thoroughly beaten by one side, they'll hold their hands up and go, yeah, fair enough, but we'll work on our stuff in training. But with Manning, he hasn't done that. Like you say, he's tried to deflect. But then if you listen to Warney's interview, he's very upfront and honest about it. He says, I thought at times we were unplayable, but MK had the spells, which is what you want in a manager, really. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, if Ben was here, he'd make comments of they have to be media trained and this, that and other, but... Honesty goes a long way. If you say they're a better team, but we'll work on our areas in training, you get more respect from it. And Manning's sort of gone, oh, no, it's not our issue. You know, they, they should have been booked and their players were offside. Mm. Um, You'll know but, the answer to this, Danny. You're, you're in the trade. You're in the business. Who who trains these people in, in dealing with media? You know, what what, what are their what's their brief? I, I, think, I think sometimes it's the... Uh, the media people at the club that do it, like if they are particularly prone to outbursts in um, in off of the records, uh, yeah, of honesty in the off the record stuff, they'll go, don't really look, look that good on our club that, but unfortunately at this club, we don't have that. We've got someone who's upfront and honest with Paul Warren and we've got a media officer who is very well trained in the business and doesn't feel the need to try and... Um, Sway, sway his way of doing interviews, if that makes sense. Because, just, yeah, I mean, we're, we're, just, we're the, just a more honest club. <laughs> well, yeah, absolutely. Some of the interviews with managers across the board, really, at all levels, are, are literally pointless. Hmm. They are literally a completely pointless exercise. And and, and Manning yesterday is a, is a perfect example of that. You know, hmm. he, he's, he's clearly not even competent enough to deliver the lines that he's been given. You know, because it's just just tell them that you know they, they they were a bit too physical and you know referee didn't didn't give it our way and you know we did well we did well in you know we just weren't quite there and he's, he's taken it that one step further and decided that he's going to say that we weren't quite there both in attack and defence just the two parts that win you the games you know I, I don't know I don't know just useless useless. Anyway, that is we, last we spoiled that one. We're still going. Yeah, yeah we are. Spoiled. <laughs> yeah, we spoiled. We spoiled the warning. Yeah, yeah, I suppose you are. Uh, Josh Smith, I'm not sure if it's mentioned yet, but the Ogbeni, Rashford, and Wild song is top class. Yes, yes, it is. That's the first time I've heard it, and it is superb. Hats off to whoever, uh, whoever brought that one up. That yeah, is an excellent one. I, I have um, a suspicion it may be Charlie Hawks. I have my suspicions okay. it may be him because he's somehow got an ear for tunes and, and lyrics. He did the original Rathburn chant, which uh, was on the uh, link, which was, I, I can't remember which wall it was in, but he made it up on the bus going down. Um, and so I thought reckon him and his mates have come up with that. So if it is you, Charlie, fair play to you. It's a very, yeah. very good song and will probably okay. stick now. 
Yes, let's hope so. Uh, let's go through them. Players, Chio, Mick. Um, <laughs> I just love him. Everything about him, and, and he's just got that—he's just got that willingness to run. He's not scared to get fouled. What you can what you can sometimes see from a winger is who are shaped like Chio. Chio's not a big lad, is he? He's quite he's yeah. quite slight. What you can often see with those type of players is they want to run out of play, but they don't want to get hurt. So they, they tend to nest a lot of challenges. There was a moment in, uh, when we were three 0 up, where <laughs> there were three players in front of him, so he just ran towards them. <laughs> then in the foul, he's got absolutely no fear, and it's just brilliant. He just ran straight through him, didn't he? Yeah. I think I think there were actually four, and, and he just <laughs> ran straight through him, and he almost got through. Yeah, did. You know, it, 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 it was a deliberate take his feet from under him. Mm. Otherwise, he would have got through. You know, um, yeah, he's fantastic. He's just so keen and eager. He's like, it's just brilliant, brilliant to watch. And and once once his final ball does get consistently good, he is just going to be unstoppable. Well, he's unstoppable now. He's unstoppable yeah. because even if that first, you know, even if his ball into the box is not, it's not great. It's still causing problems for defenders. Nobody wants to come near him. Nobody dare come near him. Um, and and he's, he's winning fouls, right, left, and centre for Dan Barley's to bang into middle. Uh, so he's just he's, he's great. He's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, he is. And, and to be fair, Danny. Crossing is the easiest thing to work on. You've, you've got to have natural pace. That's part of it. You've got to have bravery, which you can work on, but you are naturally brave or, or not. Crossing is the easiest thing to work on. And he's got time to do that. And he, and he has improved and he will continue to improve that side of his game. Yeah, I think so. I think I saw on Twitter there was a bit of uh, criticism towards Gio um, about how he's not really seen anything special like assist or goal-wise from him in the mm. three years he's been here. But it's like, Chio's not that sort of player. Chio's not the sort of player where um, he assists all the time like, <clears throat> excuse me, like Bales does, or he's not mm. like a goal-scoring winger like whoever. Um, yeah. <laughs> Chio's game's different. Chio's game is he's got the ability um, <clears throat> to keep control of the ball quite close to him and beat players which actually then drags more players out wide to try and deal with him, which then leaves men free in the box. I mean, there were one point where there were about four players going after him and he's done three of them and then fourth one fouls him. Yeah. It's like if you've got one single player in your team that can occupy four players, you know, that's four less players who are in the box for the yeah. for if Chio gets a cross away or it creates more space in the middle. So if Chio drags it back and plays it across, then off they, off they go. Um but Chio has come le on leaps and bounds, like he said himself. His crossing is a lot better. Um, it's less wayward, I've noticed, because sometimes yeah. it's rather over or under hit. But his talent lies in beating players and being is being really quick. And he, he said in an interview with, um, uh, I think it was the Irish Times, that it's it's his God given ability to be fast, mm. and. And then he's got the natural ability as well to beat players. So that's why he's just so dangerous on our right-hand side. And I think unless he's injured or too fatigued, he starts every game yeah. easily. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, I've, I've seen a little bit of if you, if you look at his stats alone, yeah, he's not going to be there. But like I say, it's not about it's not all about getting goals and getting assists. It's getting the win the fouls. It's getting that yardage. It's getting getting us further up the pitch. Because if he gets, it gets us towards the penalty area, Somebody else will pick the ball up from him. We'll move forward like that. It's, it, he doesn't have to assist to to improve the team. It's a, you know you get assist. Sometimes the assist to the assist is better than the actual assist <laughs> yeah. itself. 
Yeah. Mm. So, and that's 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 Chill's strength for me. I've got loads of strength. I don't know. I have to defend him to be honest with you. But there we are. The one, the one thing that sticks in my mind about what you've just said, Mark, the ability for him to win a ball and then lay it off to somebody, mm. or vice versa as well, is uh, one of the goals that we scored against Soliel. I think mm. it was Chill that yes. brought the ball into the corner and he's laid it off to Anekwe or the other way yeah. around, crossed it in, and then whoever it is got got an end of it and scored. And that's something you want in a football. You want someone who can push down the right-hand side and occupy a lot of players, but also has the football in mind to not only assist, potentially, but to create the chance in the first place by winning the free kick or getting the ball in, or being the second assist as well. Mm. Then that's Gio all over. He just <laughs> just wants to bring the ball forward and try to help somebody else to score. Yeah, he does. I love him. Uh, we've mentioned Rathbone. We've mentioned Barlazer. Let's give Ben Wiles some more praise, Mick. Um, yeah, yeah. Because again, he could he could have scored to be, to, be, to be critical. He could have had two or three goals yesterday. He had some really good opportunities, but he was superb again. And again, it's it's the, it's the chill thing. He gets us up the pitch. He gets us into dangerous areas. Yeah, I mean, it, for me, I, it was my man of the match, Ben Wiles. Um, I just, I, I think I put it on Twitter. I think he was just slightly more outstanding than everybody else were, because <laughs> um, everybody was. But yeah, I, I just. I love him to bits. He's such a good player. He's so he's so good on the ball. He's so good off the ball. In fact, he's probably better off the ball than he is on the ball. You know what I mean? Some of the runs that he makes and how he occupies other midfielders and how he occupies defenders and, and puts the fear of God into him. Um, he is such a good footballer and he's just getting better and better and better. Um, I, I do not think for one minute that we are going to hang on to him for that much longer. I mean, he'll see this season out and hopefully, hopefully, if we get promoted, he'll stay with us. But sooner or later, he's got to play at a higher level. He's got to play. He's a premiership. He has the potential to be a premiership player if he's not already. You see some of the dross that's in there already, then then I'm absolutely positive he's Premier League quality. So, But then so is Dan Barlazer. So is Dan Barlazer. The fact that Newcastle saw fit to let him go is just... Well, thank you, Steve Bruce. Steve uh, Bruce, there you go. Yeah. Maybe we're doing this a favour, Stephen. Here we're going to get sacked, you know. So, but yeah, no, Ben Wiles, an absolute star, absolute yeah. star. Yeah, he is. Um, Freddie, I mentioned his goal. It's his thirtieth goal for the club, Freddie. Uh, so again, if he can get some as well, he's going to get some good numbers for the club, even if he leaves soon. He'll still be getting some good numbers. Looking back at the history, I've done a little bit more research, and to the best of what I can find, after 14 games, this is our second best start ever. The only time we've started better than this was in 1954-55, and that season we ended up our highest ever league finish, third in the second tier. So that's that's the kind of start we're having, you know, comparing to that type of thing. Um, 14 games, eight clean sheets, nine unbeaten. I mean, it's we said it last week. It's, it's time to get. Is it time to get carried away? Come on, we're getting carried no, away. No, it's now. not. No, no, no. Come on, we're the league and everything, aren't we? It's nowhere near time, but but it, it's definitely, definitely got that opportunity. It's it's it's, it's all there. Everything is there, isn't it? You know, um, it's not bad for a fitness coach and a, a set of bang average league one players, is it? You know what I mean? You know, and, and a shocking recruitment team and chairman that won't spend any money. You know. 
all these people seem to have disappeared. I don't know where they've gone. Maybe they've gone, <laughs> over, to, maybe they've gone back down to Swillsbury to moan about Darren Moore now. Um, or over to, over to Old Trafford to moan about Ollie. They'll be, they'll be back at some stage, won't they? But there's, there's plenty of other people mm. to moan about at the minute, I suppose. But yeah, uh, listen, yeah. We, we keep saying it, don't we? We keep saying it. This this squad is, is, is exceptional. There's no doubt about it. Um, and we have probably never had a better chance of getting out of this division legitimately and automatically. Yeah. John yeah. Seam, Mick, get those feet off the ground. <laughs> <laughs> you keep saying that, John, and eventually, let's wait well Christmas and see where we are. If we're 17 Ooh. points clear by Boxing Day, then, uh, then I'll, I'll start flying a bit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the good thing is, Danny, I don't think Greg certainly had an off day. That's not a massive criticism. Where he just had one of those days where he couldn't get into the game. Smith, other than the goal, he didn't score. Uh, Smith had a little, I'm not going to say Smith had an off day, but he didn't score. But that doesn't matter because he got three other guys who can help him out score. That's that's one of the strengths of this team. We have got goals everywhere, really, haven't we? And it's just such a yeah. strength. Yeah, it is. I mean, Smith's nearly at tenant league this season. I mean, if that ball dipped a little bit sooner, it would be. Or it might be if they give it to him instead of Barlazer. But it's nice that we've got, well, not nice, that was an injustice, but the fact that we've got Smith, Grigg, Freddie, uh, and then as well as goals in midfield, goals from defence. You know, I think the only ones who need to start scoring now are wingers and we've got full set, haven't we? Yeah. What, what, what's, the, what's the card um, thing you can get in poker? Is it a royal flush? That's the one. Yeah, I think if we get yeah. the wingers scoring now, we'll just have the royal <laughs> flush now. Um, but yeah, e- even when Smith and Grigg have an off day, which isn't a massive off day or anything, and you could say it's just an off day because they didn't really get a definitive chance at goal, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, but it could be that they have one mind on next week because Smith's a Newcastle fan and it's Grigg's parent club. So, you know, there could be a little bit of psychology in that, but even when they have an off day, it's not like a major issue. Mm. It's, it's like even when uh, on the wingers have a, mate, have, a, have a little bit of an off day, it's not a major issue because we've got someone of just equal calibre waiting in the wings and then they'll take off with it as well. But you're speaking, you speak of off days. Uh, I've just found a, a stat here from the Football League Hub that after conceding four goals to Fleetwood nine games ago, we've only conceded four since and have never conceded more <laughs> than one goal in a game. And that's with five clean sheets since Fleetwood. Mm. So yeah. that might have been our off day, but I tell you what, we've took off since, haven't we? Yeah, well, you look at we've, we've currently got the second best joint second best defensive record in the division. And we, I know you know this, this is all stupidly hypothetical. But if you take away the Fleetwood game, we have got the best defense in the league. So that yeah. just shows how much of an off day that Fleetwood. That's clearly the exception, not the rule which is what we were all worried about, you know, because it was so early in the season, you don't know if it is that's what we like or those things. But it clearly, as as you just mentioned there with those stats, that's clearly just one of those things. But hopefully it is, anyway. Um, it is a defensive yeah. unit. Mickey came in for Woody. There's always a worry with Icky because he has moments. He's not a bad player. He's, he's a very good player. But he does have moments, more moments than Woody. But, again, scored his goal. Him, him Reginard didn't put a foot wrong defence. I thought they were superb. Yeah, absolutely. There's not a lot you can say about it, is there really? They were, they were outstanding. That, that for me, is Icky's, Icky's rightful place in the centre of that three. Um, mm. I, I, yeah, he's going to make mistakes. Um, and 
when centre halves make mistakes, that's when they, you know they get shown up. They get shown up a lot more than any, than virtually anybody else on pitch. Um, and then Woody's made the same sorts of mistakes over throughout his career. Uh, it's only because he's so experienced and because he's been around for so long that those mistakes are, are ironed out. Um, and, and Icky will get to that stage. I know he's not an inexperienced player. That's not what I'm saying. Uh, but that position out of all of them on the pitch, out of every single position within the team, that's the one that needs the the old head. You know, mm. this is why you see even at, even at, at, at top level, you know, th those central defenders, those really good and great central defenders are knocking on in years because you know, there's so much to learn in that position. But uh, I thought that I thought all three of them were outstanding. Where's Harding again? I mean, mate, <laughs> it's a right back. The man is a right back. Let's let's not lose sight of the fact that that is his his position. He's not a central defender. He's not a left-sided central defender. And he ain't a left-sided player. He's a right back playing left side central defence, and it looks like he was born to play it. Yeah. It does. It just does not look in any sort of discomfort whatsoever, does it? No, until you put him in front of goal when he had his chance. Yeah. But, but yeah, yeah. Well, maybe we should start playing him up front for a bit. You know, just I think it's the only place he's played that and in goal, isn't it? So yeah, he's he still yet to score a player. professional goal from an attacker's sense of view, from a point of view. So that's going to come because he, yeah. looks, he has looked dangerous. But yeah, I agree. I love uh, him. Yeah. I, he is True. brilliant. I love him to bits, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, anything else you want to touch on? Well, I'll have five minutes to talk about the City game. Anything else you want to touch on for the, for the McDonald's game? We've touched all my stats. Is there any other player? I think we've touched every player, to be honest with you, other than Ferguson, but I think he was solid without being outstanding. I think that's a fair shout, doesn't he? Yeah, I think so. I think, um, again, that's that's his experience that's showing into mm, it. I mean, he can, cool. he can have a good game without being exceptional, but then again, you can say that about everybody. I think everyone hasn't really had a game where they've looked absolutely dire. I mean, maybe, maybe Freddie when he missed from three yards away, but you know he makes up for it very easily. Um, and I think that's just testament to our squad. We can have, we can still have a decent game without being outstanding. I mean, look at Crew. I mean, it's football, but look at Crew. We played absolutely amazingly and drew one-one. And then next game, I think we were under par, but we beat Wimbledon three-nil. Yeah. I think it was, yeah. So. This squad, when when everyone's at hundred percent, we are unplayable. To quote Paul Warren in his interview, and and then to quote Barley's, he thinks we're best in the league, and I'm inclined to mm -hmm. agree. Yeah, we 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 actually them a bit. I don't know Fleetwood had the moments, but they weren't that the way that the way they played wasn't as good as the best we've got. If that sort of makes sense. Yeah. Um, I, I spoke to an MK fan as well, and he said we are the best team that he's seen at MK Stadium this season. How many teams have said that so far? Portsmouth fans said it. Yeah, Portsmouth said it. MK have said um, it. Um, Lincoln Morecambe fans have. said it. Yeah, Morecambe. Lincoln did. There must be six or seven teams that have said Rotherham are the best team we've played so far this season. And we're getting to the stage where we're 14 games in. Mm. We're, we're, you know, most teams have played each other now. Um, we said we'd see where we are after the Sunderland game. We'd have a really good idea of where we, where we were, where we are. This run of games from MK Dons, Wickham and Pompey last week. Well, we've got seven points at uh, nine so far. Yep, seven so, points, seven goals, one conceded. Lovely. Exactly. Um, and suddenly lost on Saturday, which will come on. We'll talk about, we'll preview that on Thursday. 
Um, make anything else you want to touch on the McDonald's game? Uh, no, 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 it's fine. It's um, we've, we've said all we needed to say. We've 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 called referee what we think. We've called their manager what we think. Hopefully, I mean, uh, we're going to get clipped sooner or later. Surely, I'm getting a bit. I'm getting a bit bored. We're not being abused <laughs> by opposition fans. My Sunderland are coming out, so I'm sure we'll be able to find something to get clipped on a Sunderland podcast. Surely, surely. Mm. We'll probably get yeah, clips saying that... Will Grieg's best player in League One and the like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is why we're not sending you on one of their podcasts, mate, because you can't be trusted. <laughs> yes. Come on, result. Um, Adam, final point, Adam mentions it so that Chio have a moment with the Lino. Um, he never seen a Lino. I told his Lino exactly how it was. Yeah. They put fear yeah. of God in Lino as well, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so the pizza trophy is on Tuesday. We're not gonna have much of a preview because I, I, no one I don't know who's playing for City, and two, I don't really care. Um, I'm more interested in the uh, there's a couple of changes that will happen. Danny Will Grigg will probably almost certainly start because he can't play on Saturday, so you yep. may as well play him. A dolphin will come in uh, in the central midfield, sadly, will come in somewhere. Uh, Jake Hull will come in somewhere, and Victor will come in obviously in goal. Uh, is there any other changes that you sort of think? Because the, the problem we've got is you're playing Reg and Harding. Probably you've got to you are risking injury in a game that mm. doesn't matter because we're through. Yeah, and maybe Woody will come in as well. Yeah, um, fitness depending. Yeah, and then maybe KOs as well. Cody just starts, Smith, yeah, yeah just give Smith a rest. Um, yeah, it, I think it is turning into one of them competitions. At least it will do on Tuesday, where it's, right, if you haven't played much minutes Tuesday, Saturday, you're in, nailed on. Mm. Um, Grattan might get a bit of chance as well, if Bowler permits play. it. Yeah, Bowler as well. So I think it will be a big change side, but I think that will also give them players who, um, it feels wrong to call them fringe players because they're not, but players with less minutes will say that. It gives them a chance yeah. to get even more minutes under the belt and... Um, <laughs> To cause worn headaches, even more about who he's going to pick against Sunderland. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it does feel like a bit of a nothing game. I mean, it's against Man City's EDS. Uh, elite game, development squad, everybody. That's what it's yeah, elite, elite, de- elite, elite development, development squad. squad. And they lost to Doncaster. Um, yeah. Elite. <laughs> elite. Yeah, elite. Elite. <laughs> um, I mean, they only just beat bottom end of League Two. Anyway. Um, so it, it is a nothing game against them because we're already through unless Donny scored about 17 goals. Mm. So I think it's just go out, show what you can do. And if we win, we win. If not, then I don't think anyone's really bothered because we're through no. anyway. But I hope we do because it'd be funny. I hope we score about five past them because it just goes to show that you shouldn't be in this competition, lads. Yeah, that's true. Mick, uh, I know you don't really care. I know we're not going. Uh, well, obviously we'll have, I, I'll be watching it at home because I'm not... After the, uh, what, what would we play when it was called Scunny? I'm not putting myself through that coldness again for a game like that. Um, but we'll pay to watch it at home. Uh, it is pointless, but, you know, you still want to win. Yeah, I suppose. I don't care. I'm not interested. For me, I think you should have, I think Warney Barker and Amy should start and all. Just, 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 just that. Yeah, yeah, why not? Just just make it them changes. Um, you know, you know, if 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 the Premier League clubs are going to bring their bring their teams into this, and then even then not going to pay it any respect by by playing kids, well, I'm sorry, but I don't see why we should either. 
So I, I, I don't care. I, I don't care whether we win or lose. But I think I think there should be as many changes as he can make um, away from that first team, so that we don't sustain any injuries. Because that will be that uh, we will be so so disappointing, you know, for for a key player not to be able to play in a big game against Sunderland because they've they've picked up an injury against a twelve year old Man City player. You know what I mean? No, it's not. It's just we just don't need it, do we? No. No, uh, if we well, assuming we go through, which we will, the second round will at the earliest start the week commencing the 29th of November, which, if my maths is right, is the same week as the second round of the FA Cup. So there's some dates for your diary, uh, just in case you're interested in them. I'm sure nobody is. Um, yeah, anything else you want to touch on that game, boys? That it's, there's not much to preview on it, really. Uh, I saw that the club put out a, um, a call for academy players for the under five, so I think we should play them. Yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah, why not? But, but but just just to put it on a ser- on a serious note for a second, like Guardiola's talked about um, potentially putting B teams into the lower leagues mm. to help with their development. There is this thing called the loan market, which yeah. does that anyway. And you see clubs like um, Berry go under went into administration for three hundred thousand. That's like someone's week wages at Man City. If you so hell-bent on all the youth development, right? You could send them to Man- uh, to Bury when they were still active or to whoever and say, don't worry about the wages. You get some quality out of your players and, and we'll get them experience. It's like, that's the thing that grates me about the Premier League. Like, and it's very easy to say as a League One club fan, but you look at clubs in the Premier League, they have very little respect for the lower league teams unless the and even the local ones the only exception i think was when we went into administration and Sheffield united said to us don't matter about paying them players wages you just keep going and, and then you can have some yeah. players why can't man united man city do something like that why can't they help out wigan accrington whoever was in greater manchester and help them out oh because they're ours and we like to nurture them and develop them as their own thing oh we want be team in your league now nah, nah we'll wait with it so, loan them out rant over have a good night everybody <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I agree. Did I make? Yeah, 100%. There's no else to say about it. We've said all there is to say about this shower. Yeah. The, the good thing from my point of view is we're not losing our club captain to a non league team. You know, he's not seen Bolton losing oh, yes. to Stockport County, their club yeah. captain. Um, no transfer window, obviously, in the, in the National League. Consider ourselves lucky that we're not in that situation. Bit more to um, that, isn't there? There's a bit more to yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, a couple of comments to wrap up. One, Carl Scott says he wouldn't risk anybody on Tuesday uh, yeah. in terms of injuries before Saturday. Yeah. Uh, Alec agrees with Danny. PL teams should not be allowed to buy up all the young talent uh, because they can. Uh, and Ryan Swell's back with us. Sorry if you already mentioned it, but for Josh Vickers to be thrown in against two teams in the top six, he has been fantastic, solid keeper, and takes the pressure off the defence. Yeah. I mean, to be fair to him, and I know he's part of this. He hasn't been tested really, and but that that that's a credit to him as well. He's part of that defensive unit um, that he's not been tested for, so he might be tested next week. Um, so we'll finish there. So thank you all for watching. If if you've enjoyed it, please subscribe to YouTube and on Facebook, Twitter, and iTunes as well. If you're already just audio listening, please subscribe to iTunes and give us a five star rating if you can. Because that means a lot to us. We would really appreciate it. We'll be back on Thursday night live on YouTube, Friday morning for the audio, where we'll be having a preview of the second full house of the season. 
as Sunderland comes to town, what a foolish house, bear in mind the uh, restrictions. Um, as Sunderland comes to town uh, in a in a specific, well, no skirting around it, it's a huge game for both teams. Um, so yeah, we'll about then we'll have a brief review of the Man City game as well, and well possibly. Um, Mick, it's been a pleasure, and I will see you on Thursday. Yeah, man. Danny, it's always a pleasure, and I'll see you Thursday as well, mate. Yep, see you on Thursday, and take care, everybody. It's been a pleasure, guys. See you soon. Cheers, bye. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Open them up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.